Hello, Aaron. We are live, baby. Hi. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, let me. Uh... Hey. Hi. Hello. How are you? I love the beard, brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I've had it since I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same as me, actually. I can see a lot of. Um, uh, there's a lot to dissect in that background. Where do I start? Oh man, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, well, one thing I want to point out here, right here. That is, I collect animation cells from cartoons from the 80s. And uh, so sometimes what I do is I take the the cell and then take the characters and put it in a different environment. So that's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but Abbey Road. Yeah, Beatles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've got a couple over here that are the real Ghostbusters and The Shining. Oh, that's awesome. See that? So how yeah, have you done that? How's, have you done that? Have you added that on yourself or is that yeah I, there's a I, I used to have a contact where I um, bought a bunch of uh, animation cells for a decent price but they were all cells that were like the characters had their backs turned so they weren't as desirable to sell so then I would buy them and and think you know what could they be looking at and then I would just sort of fill it in myself yeah uh, so yeah so there's that there's a bunch of models up there I like to paint models yeah, I noticed that on your Instagram as well. How did you get into that? Um, it was uh, my dad was really into that when he was a kid. In fact, some of these uh, these toys I repainted them, but these are my dad's toys from the '60s, and they were all just a pink color, that pink color, and I repainted them. Wow! And uh, so I just I don't know. I started doing that in quarantine because my birthday is in March, and. Uh, last this not this last march but the march before we had my birthday i got a bunch of models for my birthday then we went into quarantine so i just spent the first few however many months painting all the models right and so yeah. you and is that a hulk hogan in the bottom left i see yeah this is the hulk hogan that i had when i was a kid in fact this was my brother's wow and i had the iron chic was mine and we only had two of these i had the iron chic and he had hulk hogan and my dad actually sent me this in the mail the other day so he oh, that's awesome. over everything for me. How was so, yeah. how was COVID for you, mate? Did you had how was the 2020? I mean, I you know, there was aspects of it that were rough, but in terms of the logistics of just uh being home, there was definitely a sort of a transition of being able to still work but work from home. So I had to figure out, you know, how to create a sound booth in one of our closets and I don't kind of figured it out. I mean, like, you know, I think the, the equipment was good. I did a lot of sessions, but I live in Venice beach and there's a lot of colorful characters wandering through the alleyways and screaming at the top of their lungs and stuff. So there was moments where I would get a little bit, uh, and disrupted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, it's just, uh, I think it was rough for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. I feel super grateful in certain aspects of my life. Living with my girlfriend uh, was nice. I mean, I uh, having somebody to be with was great. And, mm. you know, where I am in my career and, and the fact that my family was safe and everything. So I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't complain. I can't complain. There was people had a lot harder than me, I think. But there were some yeah. challenges. No, 100% agree. You did a bit of camping too, didn't you? <laughs> I did. What are you, psychic, or do you have Instagram? Um, yeah, no, we went camping. That was uh, – it's funny because uh, I won't go through the whole story, but we went uh, to Malibu Creek State Park, which is just up the coast from us, 
and it was only for one night, but uh, I hadn't been camping in a long time. So you would think I was like going on safari, you know, like I really <laughs> packed up everything I could. And uh, my, I just, my girlfriend just kind of let me do, <laughs> let me do everything. And uh, cause yeah. I was at a real uh, vision for how I wanted this to go. And it went fine. I mean, there's obviously, I didn't use about 90% of the stuff that I packed, but yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah no, we did did a little bit of camping. Yeah, a little bit of camping, a little road trip here and there. I did camp. I camped the other week, and I have to say, I, I probably prefer glamping. Uh, yeah, I bet. I, yeah, I bet. Oh, I've been looking at it, you know, thinking about uh, it would be kind of fun. I mean, there is, you know, that movie Nomadland that won the Academy Award mm. this year. There is sort of this uh, groundswell of people uh, wanting to live off the grid and drive around. And I, every time I see one of those vans, I think, well, that'd be really cool, but then I don't know how the hell I'd put a recording booth in one of those. So I think I <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, talk to us about the Duke. Did you land this role during COVID? Were you recording it no. in COVID or what? No, yeah, I was a while before. It was a while before, ah, okay. but these things take, uh, you know, they obviously, as you know, take so long mm-hmm. to make. And, uh, you know, the way I got that part is a really kind of a cool, it's a really kind of a cool story. And it starts with, um, Sarah Coates, Marguerite Baker yeah. from Resident Evil 7. You're French with her, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She and I went to high school together. Wow. We were in French class when I was a senior and she was a, uh, a junior. And um, and then we stayed in touch, at, you know, after school and everything. And then uh, we're both from uh, up in, both from a town called Lake Stevens, Washington. That's where we went to high school. And so I would sort of see her over the years. And we, um, when she came down here, we started hanging around and it was, uh, but I, she moved down here and I didn't see her for a little bit. And then I found out that she had done Resident Evil seven. And, uh, and I, and I just thought that was amazing. And I contacted her. I was like, that is so cool. And oh my gosh, you know, tell me all about it. And we talked about it and stuff. And then, you know, a few more years went by and then she was working on seven, but then after seven, she actually started, she kind of offered her services and said, you know, Hey, I can do other stuff. I can help with production on any other, projects and so i think some of the producers basically asked her you know if if you had anybody that you would want to bring in who would it be and so she thought of a few people and she thought of myself and uh jeanette moss who played cassandra dimitrescu the daughters and um and jeanette is one of my was one of my dearest friends in the absolutely dearest friends in the whole world and so the fact that uh and then when we and then when I auditioned for it, uh, of course she didn't tell me what it was for. That's the whole thing about these uh, games is that they're so secretive because they absolutely have to be. I mean, there's so much anticipation for them. So when you get the audition, it's a the sides have nothing to do with the game. It's just a scene, and you don't even know what the context is, and you can't ask for context because they're not going to give it to you. So you just <laughs> okay within this scene, what is it? So when I audition, I auditioned for this one thing. And, uh, and the way it went was I just, you know, you know, this, by the way, I'm not going to give any spoilers because I have not actually finished this game. It's really long and I'm very bad at video (laughs) games, but you can rest assured that I've been playing it since it came out. It's just, it shows you that I'm not very good at this stuff, (laughs) but, um, so, but you, but in the beginning, I believe it's when you're, you know, when you see the guy and he's like, oh, and he's afraid of the lichens or whatever, that old guy. There was a scene that was kind of like that that I auditioned for, and well, and after the audition, Sarah told me, "Well, you didn't get it," and I was like, "All right, well, that's all right." And she said, "You didn't get it because they like you so much and they want to save you for something bigger." 
So I was like, well, <laughs> I've never heard that in my life before ever. Certainly not in my career. So uh, shit. All right. Can I say shit, by the way? Yeah, man. Yeah, go okay. for it. You said it twice. So, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so then so then I didn't hear anything. And then I got another audition. And uh, and what was funny was what I prepared for that audition and what I did in that audition mm. based on what they uh, instructed was a Russian accent. And the character sounded like this. It was very, very, very sort of. It was kind of like her, like a Russian Hervé Villachez from Fantasy Island, you know, the little guy. Yeah. And so, and that's what I auditioned for. And I had wow. very expressive because they knew, I knew it was going to be performance capture. That's one thing I did know. I didn't, I didn't know any information, but I knew that. So I was trying to make faces and, oh, how are you? And trying to, and try, trying to make it be so that you could actually understand what the character was saying and did that and then got the part and uh, still had no idea what it was for. And it was a while <laughs> before I actually found out what it was for. Uh, and when I did find out what it was for, I was absolutely thrilled because of course the minute they said what it was for, bam, it's 25 years ago. I'm in a sleeping bag at my friend's house. We're playing the first one. We're absolutely terrified. I'm pissing myself, but I'm trying to keep it together because I don't want the other guys to know. It was actually my friend. Uh, I want to give a shout out, Matt Geiswriter. That was that was his name, Matt Geiswriter. We shout was, out to uh, Matt. In like sixth or seventh grade or something. I was over at his dad's place and we were playing it with his uh, with his stepbrother and scared the living shit out of me. So anyway, cut to now. It was just it was so exciting. But then when I went in to do the first recording. I looked at the lines and and uh, the first line I said, "Mr. Winters, anyone who's anyone has heard of the likes of you." And they and they were like, "Oh no 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 no!" <laughs> no he doesn't have a Russian accent. And I was like, "Oh okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was okay okay." And so I was like, "Mr. Winters, anyone who's anyone has heard of the likes of you." Yeah. Like, well, no, no 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 no. See, it's it's not it's 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 not as harsh it's not as harsh it's a little bit more a little bit more lilting it's basically like having it's like having an english accent without having an english accent so then i said mr winters anyone oh. who's anyone has heard of the likes of you and then that's what oh, it yeah. became for the rest of the time but what's funny is this is a little bit of trivia and this is something that i notice i wouldn't expect anybody else to notice this or maybe they do yeah when you're uh, when you're going through uh, when you're selling things to the Duke or when you're uh, upgrading your weapons or whatever, that voice is a little bit more. It's not as creepy. It's just yeah. Kinda, oh, I can do that for you, and it's because that was the first stuff I recorded. Ah, so initially that. So then, so then all the cutscene stuff is a little bit more sinister and a little bit more telling. That kind of that yeah. all that stuff was sort of later when I had really landed on the character. Ah. So I hope that doesn't bug anybody or or every people didn't notice it before. And now they're going to notice it after I've, I've said it, but uh, no, I no. certainly noticed it when I first started playing it, man, you knocked it out of the park. I've got to tell you, oh, I mean, this is such a cool role and you just made it what it is. Like, I don't think you know how many, like the video I sent you of all the scenes is now on 500,000 views. Did you expect that sort of fan reception? No, absolutely not. Not even for a second. And the re and part of it has to do with my own self-esteem, I think. But I think also part of it has to do with you. Know, I've been at this for about 
about a decade or something and doing different, you know, the, it started off doing like scratch tracks where you're recording dialogue for a movie that they can use in the pre-production. And then once they go to actually record it, they throw your voice out and hire a famous actor to do it. Mm. That's how I started all doing all this stuff. And then, you know, little by little doing some anime dubbing, getting to work on some interesting things and sort of working my way up, but nothing that I've ever really done. Anything, anything I've ever done has been kind of a niche thing. You know, the, there are certainly fans of it and maybe fans of, of me, but, but, more so it's it's the project is the thing that is uh, I've never really been sort of singled out because the thing the the biggest thing that I've done before this was a show called Primal on Adult yeah. Swim uh, by Gendy Tartakovsky and I play the, the the voice of the caveman on that show and there's no dialogue in it if for anybody uh, maybe some of you have seen it hopefully some of you have and if you haven't check it out check you it can out find, see it on Adult Swim and you can also see it on HBO Max, they have uh, on the Adult Swim Hub, they have some of it. It's an incredible show, but there's no dialogue. So mm. the thing is, people love the show, but it's all about the show as it should be. Uh, the uh, the um, animation and the art is incredible. And I'm just kind of helping out, giving the voice. So again, not really so much singled out for that. And when it came to this one, again, I didn't, I didn't know very much about it. That's the thing about, you know, acting for a video game, especially, especially if you're not doing um motion capture which i really kind of didn't do i mean i was there for some of the sessions but the the duke is so fat he doesn't move he's just kind of <laughs> like sits there so it's like they didn't really need to do it yeah so i so as much as this is where all the actors involved this is a performance capture game i think my contribution is just purely uh for the most part just purely voiceover um so uh so i kind of thought that the game would come out and it would just all the villains and all the and everybody would be so amazing. And then the the um, the Duke would be just kind of like if somebody at a dinner party somewhere and I, you know, they said, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a voice actor. Oh, what have you done? Well, I was in the new Resident Evil Village. And oh, that's cool. You know, I figured it would be like that. I didn't think anybody would uh, single the Duke out. But what I've come to learn, and this is something I didn't realize, is that sometimes with a with a video game character, it depends on how they interact with the player and what the mm. player's relationship with them is. And I should think um, that with the Duke, you have a relationship with, I mean, you know, again, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but you know, after something horrifically terrifying and stressful happens, suddenly you come around the corner and there's your buddy. And he's mm. like, hello, how are you? And he's got that guy. I mean, even though the voice is kind of creepy, he's got oh, that kind of, okay, he's kind of calm, you know, and, and uh, and if you need some more shotgun ammo, he's there and he'll sell it to you. You know, or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean. But I think that throughout the game, I mean, all the all the a lot of the villains in it are so dynamic and so incredible and so memorable. But the Duke is just kind of always there helping the player out. So I guess I'm just lucky to, uh, lucky to uh, get to play a character that has that function. Well, um, of, of all the characters, I think Ethan has the biggest connection with um with duke in this game doesn't he really i think so yeah there's a lot of people that have been leaving comments and stuff and and talking about i my favorite comment and people say it a lot and some people have actually like left it on my instagram is that they don't trust him they just don't trust him and that i love that i just absolutely love that um again no spoilers but it's just like that distrust the, the tone of that voice, I think, is what inspires the distrust. Obviously, the lines, too, but that kind of like telling, like, well, I'm always, I'm telling you the truth. Truly, I am. <laughs> what? 
I'm kind of holding something back. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yes. Love that. And, you know, I'll tell you something too. I don't know about everybody else, but I'll say for me, yeah. what's so exciting is recording the voice, not really knowing the story, only knowing the context in the moment, because you're not even looking at a traditional script. You're looking at an Excel spreadsheet mm. with sentences on it out of context. When you look at it, you don't know what you're, so with every line, the production people in the production direction, whatever will come in and give me a little context for that line. And so you go, okay, I know how I'm supposed to say this line based on this context. But then as soon as I leave, I have no idea. They say, don't tell anybody, Aaron, don't, don't <laughs> tell anybody. If you tell anybody, this is going to be a big deal. This is an NDA and they're very serious about that. But the mm. thing is, I couldn't tell anybody if I wanted to. I mean, I understand <laughs> about it because yeah. it would be horrible if information got out before. But I go through, you know, people people are like, well, you want to give me any spoilers? I'm like, no, first of all, no. And second of all, I, I have no idea. So now I'm playing the game and I, I can guarantee you all I'm having the same experience all of you guys are. Hold on. Like, see, just, do you know the ending? No. Absolutely oh, not. That is insane. That's why, and I'll tell you something. It's been... Uh, you know, it's only been a couple days since yeah, the thing yeah. came out, but people are, of course, done with it. They've played through it, and um, there's little comments that people are making that I'm like, shit, I gotta like not look at the comments because I don't want to get any, uh, don't want to get any uh, spoilers. But I think it was it came out this last Friday, and on Saturday, some kid sent me a message or a comment saying like, yeah, I just beat it with only knives, and I did it in like two hours or something. And I'm just like. <laughs> Who are these people? I mean, it, everybody's got to be good at something. I mean, that could people, have been me, but I didn't send the message. <laughs> these people are really fucking good at this game. And and, and I just feel so feeble. I, I, I promise you, I'm playing it on casual. And uh, the, the, the enemies, it seems like, it almost seems like the lichens are just kind of like not attacking me. They're just like going like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just blow their heads off or whatever. So presence. maybe I should up the difficulty level, but I think... Uh, I don't know. It's just so cool. Um, so cool. I've got so many questions to ask you. Just quickly, Noctober Super Chat, he says, where's Primal Season 2? Well, I can't really talk much about that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about that. I can't talk about uh, times of uh, when it's com- if it's coming out, when it's coming out. But uh, but I will just say that um, if you like Primal, it, it's uh, you're – You'll get more primal. You'll get yeah. some more primal. That's basically all I can say. I mean, that's, and this is another, it's another thing too. It's like a lot of the projects that I worked on in the past, you know, it's like, even if I stood up on my apartment building with a megaphone and shouted out whatever, nobody would, <laughs> nobody would care. But I feel like now some of these projects that I'm getting uh, lucky enough to be involved with, I really have to keep a, I have to keep a tight lip and I'm, I'm sorry yeah. that no, that's I'm all good. out. Yeah, all good. Um, so where are you up to in the game at the moment? Are you only a couple hours in? Uh yeah, just I I am um, Heisenberg. Uh, I went to go. I met I met like Heisenberg's lair basically uh, in that kind of steampunk factory or whatever. That's where I'm at now. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, so I just, so I guess I'm not like right at the beginning, but I'm you know because I had already done the. Well, again, I don't want to give any spoilers out, but yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm, I would, I should think maybe I'm about halfway through, but that's another thing is that I'm also not very good at sort of judging, gauging um, how long these games are. A lot of times when I play them, I'll just kind of sit down and I'll, I'll be like, you know, girlfriend's out doing something. 
the dogs are fed. Everybody's fine. I'm going to sit down for like three hours and I go to play and then suddenly credits roll. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> the game's over. So I, I think, uh, It'll be a surprise when this game's over. I don't quite know how long it is or how long did you I, spend? I, I spent 10 hours first run through, but I think you're probably, you've only got about three hours left or so. So you could mm. probably knock it out in a session if you had, if you had time. You're getting, I mean, that, she's going out to, she's going out for a, a birthday party with her friends. So I think tonight is the, tonight's the tonight's night. Tonight I'm going to make a real dent in it. Yeah. <laughs> how are you finding the game? Cause it's uh, it's now come out that it's the fastest selling in the history of the series. As wow! Well. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I, I I love it. I think because I think that it's sometimes it has to do with I'm not certainly not an expert on this stuff by any stretch of the imagination, but I have my own uh, criteria, and I think for me, usually with the game, the criteria for enjoyment for me is uh, variety. Variety of enemies, variety of weapons, variety of things you can do, variety of locations. So, of course, I loved Far Cry, like the Far Cry season series. Mm-hmm. I love um, Red Dead Redemption, all, all those games. You know, just the just the uh, so, and I loved Resident Evil Seven, but that one was more cerebral. And as far mm-hmm. as enemies go, there wasn't too much of a variety. I mean, of course, there was like all the the family, and then there was the different monsters that you saw. But that was more of like puzzles and mazes. And and actually, it scared me a little bit more, to be honest with you. It scared me more than this one. But I what I appreciate about this one, I mean, even just in the very beginning, it, it terrified me, to be honest with you, like walking through the dark and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God. What's going to jump out? What? Come on. Where's the Duke? Where's the Duke? <laughs> the Duke finally. And then, um, and then that part that's kind of almost like an Indiana Jones type thing where you're going through the caves and all yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. after you. And it like that, it was just so exhilarating that those two aspects in the beginning of the game, I think really set the stage for what the game is, the scary stuff and all of the, just, it's an adventure. I mean, it's an absolute adventure. So I think, I mean, that's, I think that's why I'm not going to say I like one better than the other, but I just, I love, cause I, cause I replayed the seventh one leading up to this. And uh, so it's kind of cool to play one and then play the other and kind of see that, like, it's not like that. I mean, obviously, every game is an improvement over the previous game. But I think this one just kind of adds it has what I loved about the first game. But then, of course, it adds in what I loved about some of the previous games, too, which I think is the general um, consensus of a lot of people that it's like four and seven together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I um I tell you what, I just had such a good time with this game. I've been recommending it to everyone, and it's thanks to you and some of the cast. I know you mentioned you knew Jeanette. Um, I don't want to put a damper on the show, but you you were friends for a few years, were you? Or yeah, no, I'll tell you about Jeanette. I, I actually, I definitely. Anytime I do one of these things, I want to talk about her. Everybody should know who she is. She's a mm. absolutely wonderful human being. I've known her since I'm 12 years old. I was friends with her brother. And she's a little bit older than us. And so I used to go over to the house all the time. And she really very quickly became like a sister to me. Her mother and my mother were uh, really great friends at the time. When we got into high school, I started doing theater. Jeanette was in the theater. They, they always paired us up together. So she and I, not just a, not just a, a friendship. It's, I mean, she's family for sure. And so, you know, all throughout school, even we both lived in Seattle. We did theater together in Seattle. 
and I moved down here. And within a few years, then she moved down here. She struggled with Crohn's disease for a long time, but then in, in the recent years, she was able to be, get into remission. And when she came down to Los Angeles, she really uh, planted her flag and basically unfurled her wings and started teaching acting to kids, started doing a bunch of movies, started working on a bunch of amazing things, building this, this beautiful network of people with her fiance, Dusty, who is an amazing person. They were together for, geez, years and years and years and years. And so then uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, we got news that she had colon cancer. And then, and then that was it. And then a, a year later, uh, she passed away uh, just like a month or a couple months before this game came out. Mm. So, uh, uh, so the, the, so of course the game is a, a wonderful, you know, sort of milestone and kind of a family affair because you've got Sarah and you've got Jeanette and Jeanette and Sarah knew each other. You know, Sarah was younger than Jeanette in school and really looked up to her and, um, uh, you know, sort of helped inspire her to want to be an actor as well. And so it was kind of a family affair. Uh, but I have to say that when I type in the hashtag uh, Resident Evil Village in um, Instagram, there's countless people that are cosplaying her character and her, and mm. her sisters and their mother. And that feel, it's nice to see. That's really nice to see. And uh, yeah, I just wish uh, I wish that things were different, but uh, I'm I'm just I started my career with her and I'm so glad that I got to do this, that we got to do this together for sure. And uh, she's got, a, I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm super embarrassed to say this, but I don't know. She just has had a movie come out. She's, she was in a movie. She was in a movie called Charm City Kings. That's an amazing movie on HBO Max. But then she also had a movie come out. And if you look on her IMDb, it's, it'll be the most, I think it'll be the most recent credit. And so check that out, look it up and watch her she's beautiful she's my friend i love her to death so that's what i have to say that's about amazing that. man amazing it, it is pretty special that you guys got to be in this project together as well it really is it yeah. was a very stroke of luck certainly in a in a year full of a lot of bad luck it was definitely i yeah i'm so grateful i mean it's like i said it's bittersweet but uh i wouldn't have it any other way and anyone that doesn't know uh, Jeanette Moores plays Cassandra and a bunch of other characters in in Village. Um, talk to us about the motion capture. So you you weren't there for the motion capture, or yeah, well, it was not. I mean, I was all ready to go and kind of excited because I had actually uh, done a few video game a few games before this, but never in full motion capture. I did a facial one one time. There was a game that came out. You remember? It was a few years ago. It was. Uh, it was a sequel to the movie Groundhog Day, but it was a video game. It was called Groundhog Day, like father, like son. And it was basically a sequel to the story of Groundhog Day, but it was a VR game oh. and came out a few years ago. And when I did that, I did the facial one where you just have that helmet that, that and it reads your face as you're talking uh, so that the character didn't look like me or anything, but it, it, it felt so that's the only experience I ever had with that. But then with this, I kind of, yeah, I found out that I wasn't really going to be included in the motion capture just because the character didn't, it need, didn't it. need it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I would go, well, I went a couple of times. I, I went to be like uh, support for, excuse me, for Todd. And so he'd be in his suit and he would be up on some kind of apparatus. And then I would be sitting there in a chair and just like feeding the lines to him, basically giving him somebody to uh, to work off of. So as far as the performance capture goes, that's kind of all I had to do with that. And I wish I could have done more. And I and you know maybe hopefully uh, 
in the future, maybe I'll get to to do something like that. I'm trying to think. So you were only in scenes with Todd, weren't you? Um, yeah, I didn't really interact with any of the other characters now that no. I think of it. Which yeah, ties into I, my other question. What sort of... Uh, what sort of backstory did they give you for this character? Did they give you anything or was, or did you have to make it up yourself or? or no. What? And I, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, no, I didn't really get much backstory. And I think also to it, um, I think that some, I, you know, every actor does it differently and, and acting is um, ethereal. It's like a vapor. It's not concrete. There are no concrete set of, guidelines there are some acting teachers that'll tell you that there are because they want your money but generally speaking it's just everybody comes about it you know everybody goes about it a different way and some people really benefit from that backstory and I just so happened to kind of just go or at least my mindset has kind of always been that whatever is going on right now is the most interesting part about this character that's why they made a video game out of it or a movie or a tv show or whatever so let's just, what is he doing right now? <laughs> what is he doing right now? And um, and I had experience uh, playing a bunch of different games that happened to have merchants like uh, Days Gone. It was, one of the, yeah. was another one of my favorites. Yeah. And that had a variety of different merchants, you know. So I remember as I, when I got this product, I, I went and started to sort of like see like, how the merchants uh, in that game related. And Eve, obviously the, the, the merchants in that game are, are people, but uh, mm. that was the most recent game that I had played that had merchants in it. So yeah, I think I just kind of, I also uh, knew that the one thing I did know, or I could sort of glean was that the character needed to have, uh, needed to preserve a certain level of mystery about himself. Mm. So uh, I sort of like almost played that up to where I didn't really know where he came from. The player's not going to know where he comes from. And so we're kind of in that together. So the only thing I can do is just, uh, the only thing I can do is speak with sort of a telling lilt in my voice. So you never know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Oh, so uh, It's bizarre hearing that voice like live. Yeah, I've been funny. playing I mean, the game to, the last two weeks. So it's. I have to admit, it's that's another thing too, is that uh, it is weird. And it's, it's, I, uh, I never realized how different the voice is that voice is from my actual voice. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think that, that, you know, as far as in the acting goes, I think that's something that I always go for too, because I don't, um, I want to be as far away from my actual voice as possible. I find that when I have to use my actual voice in something, mm. I like if it's a, a commercial or some kind of narration, I get really uncomfortable. But if it's a voice that's really, I mean, that's why my choice for the audition was a voice that sounded like the, you know what I mean? Just because like, let's get as far away from Aaron as possible. And I think that uh, with this one, I was kind of, I think in the first session when they told me to kind of dial it back a little bit in my mind, I was kind of like, come on, man, I want to do like a weird, crazy out there voice. Obviously they were right. And I was wrong, <laughs> but uh, because it, yeah, if it was a crazy out there voice, it would have uh, distracted. And, yeah, you know, yeah, if you yeah. have to interact with my character a lot and if you have to uh, buy stuff from him and, and again, um, have that relationship that the player does, then, you know, after it can't be too silly. Elon, some shotgun ammo. Like it would just, <laughs> it's just like it would be kind of annoying after a while. Well, now, like, 
you know. Now I'm going to have to make a video of all the all the clips of you doing that accent. I'm going to yeah, dub it over. <laughs> sure, yeah. You want me to do your outgoing voicemail message and that? I'll, I'll do that too. Uh, um, Mary here says, how did it feel reading out the voice line explaining Rose and the Floss without knowing the whole story? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. I think that when I, when I, um, that part was uh, scary in a sense that I personally, and this is just me, I have a hard time. I don't think that it, it's never been diagnosed, but it, I don't know if it's like a dyslexia thing because I can see words just fine. Mm. But uh, I almost have a complete inability to retain something when I first read it. I have like almost, a, I have to read something multiple times. And with, with video games, they are, again, they're so secretive. So people can't be like emailing the lines and stuff. So some of the time you get there and you're like, whoa, whoa, this is a speech. Okay, 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 okay. So then you're, so then I just say, mm. um, and I just take a minute, you know, and read this over. And then you sort of read it over, read it over. And I sort of just said, okay, this is, I, I understand the function of this speech. The speech is giving some exposition for the player, what they're going to do, some backstory. So if I just kind of like, you know, because every voice has music. And the music for that one is kind of a sing-songy storytelling kind of music. Mm. And look, I I, um, I don't want to let anybody down. Uh, I I am very like mechanical about being an actor. I'm very, I'm like a plumber guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't really think like okay, yeah. I'm a, I'm a seven eight hundred pound eight foot tall merchant. Okay. Yeah, you well, don't. You know I mean? You're not I'm a. You're not like We're, Joaquin uh, Phoenix. You're not um. Walking yeah, well, no, pretending to be the, the dude. People that do that uh, are some of the greatest actors in history. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that works, you know. But, uh, but so for me, I think it was just kind of telling that story. And you have help. I mean, you really have help because if, you know, so I give, I make a pass. I mean, I make a pass at it. And then um, it's such an interesting process because um, it's a bunch of people assessing what I'm doing. Um, obviously, there's a director mm. and there's an interpreter, but there's a whole room full of people. Really? And what, what would happen was I would say a line and then there were, I would stop. And then I would hear people talking to each other, uh, speaking in Japanese. Oh, wow. Talk, 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 talk. And then the interpreter would say something to me and give me, you know, like an adjustment or whatever and say that that was too harsh. That was because they're very meticulous on this sentence. Make sure that you emphasize this and that. I mean, it's all very meticulous. And that's the way I like it. That's how I work. So Mm. then I go, okay, okay. So then I would uh, say the line or say something. And then of course, talk, 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 talk. And I'm sitting there in my mind going, gosh, they must've hated that one. I mean, they are really talking about it. And then talk, 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 talk. And then the interpreter goes, that was great. Moving on. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So maybe it's like they liked it, but they really want to say what they liked about it. Now they're probably not even talking about me. They're probably just conferring with each other. Yeah. But that was an interesting way to act too, because of course, you know, when you're in a booth and you're giving it a shot and then the director's there with you and hearing and saying like, okay, change this around. So, uh, so yeah, I think with that one, I just sort of thought about the storytelling music of that speech and uh, and I was free to. Uh, it's not like every time I ask a question, they would say we can't tell you that. They would tell me anything yeah. I wanted to know. It's just that there there weren't like sort of volunteer. They just wanted me to know what the information I needed to know to give as good of a performance as I can. And um, and I guess it just so happens that I'm the kind of actor that really cares what he's doing, <laughs> and then I don't want to hear any of the other story. And why? Because. I want to play it like you guys play it. 
I want to, you know, actually go along with the story and be surprised by the things that I'm supposed to be um, surprised by. And I think I succeeded because I'm telling you, every single time I sit down and play that game, I have my headphones on and my girlfriend, she might be sitting right next to me doing, she works, she'll be like working from home or something. And she'll just hear me under the, under my breath go, holy shit. <laughs> Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> oh my god like you know i'm just surprised at every turn and i love it i wouldn't have it any other way so was that a one was that a one take or was that broken up that speech oh i i don't know for i you know when i was listening to it you can't uh, tell i can't tell because usually when i do it if i do like five takes of it the first two takes of it are just go absolute garbage <laughs> and then the third take I get through it. The fourth take, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And then by the fifth take, I've said it all the way through, but I think that sometimes um, in a big speech like that, what I do is uh, the first thing I do when I'm assessing it is where are the pauses mm. and I'll take a decent pause there. And I just take the Liberty of doing that. I just pause and then keep going. And I give, cause, cause I feel like I'm trying to give them the opportunity to cut it together. Now, whether, or not it. Yeah. whether or not they're going to do that or not, that's their thing because you know when people ask me uh you know how did you like come up with that character and i say i just did what they told me to do because they came up with the character they designed the character and they wrote the the lot the lines so they just tell me what to do and i do it and if you're a good actor then in addition to doing what they tell you to do you also have something to bring to the table and they can say yay or nay if they want and if they say nay don't get in a twist about it just do whatever they want you to do i mean that's that's what I think an actor should do. And that's what I think an actor does. And, and, and actually when I was a little kid, about nine years old, I did a play with my uncle, the first acting thing I ever did. And I think that he told me this, uh, maybe partly because I was nine years old and I just, mm. they didn't want me screwing around. So he just said, whatever you do, just do what the director tells you to do. Yeah. And I took that to heart and I, 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 I still, uh, I still do that to this day. Was it was it weird though having Japanese translators around and people from Capcom or Resident Evil or wherever, wherever that like is that a different experience from your usual animation and the other games you've done? Was it yeah, weird? Yeah, absolutely. It was an absolute different experience, but yeah. I knew even in the moment I was like this is valuable because this is uncharted territory and my intention is to continue to do this work. I hope to continue to do this work. Um and so, uh, so I was like, okay, you know, this is, I've never had this experience before, but this is, I, 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 this is definitely an experience that I'm sure a lot of actors have when they're working on a game. So I was actually grateful to have the experience, but also the people, I mean, I didn't really get to meet too many people. Um, sort of, cause we did do some of the recording in, um, in quarantine. So obviously it was like, you know, we had to make sure that there weren't too many people in the room. But it's it's just uh, any I, I I really am sensitive to the tones and people's voices, so I didn't really know what they were saying. But to hear uh, to hear the tones in their voices, they're all just these like really sincere, kind, patient people who are mad geniuses, just wild geniuses. Crazy, I mean, yeah. Just looking at the design of the game, looking at the design of the characters and the writing and. Amazing. It's crazy. But then these people get on and they're talking and they just sound like just like this really nice, cool, yeah. chill people yeah. who are just uh, absolute geniuses and they let you be in their project and <laughs> just kind of doing your thing. And Man, I hope you I hope you get to come back. 
at some point. Yeah, I'm maybe. Really I really mean, hope. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, uh, one of the things it seems that they're they're really about uh, variety. So yeah, I mean, if uh, who knows what the next one's going to be? I know I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. But it's I, I, I mean, and who knows when it's going to come out? But uh, I mean, I'm not even finished with this one, and I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Um, Kay Harper here says, I have a question. How long did it take to record the Duke's voice and script? So maybe how many sessions, how many months yeah, was it across? It's, it's funny. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I, if I, if I think that maybe like, like six or seven or something like that, but not, but not like in the booth all day. I mean, only in there for like a couple hours. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Cause again, even when I, um, when I got the part, I didn't know. I didn't know how long it was going to be, how long, you know, we're going to work. But that's another thing about working in a game is uh, keeping it consistent because you go in there and you record something, you do the voice and then you go and then you go back to your life and you go about your life and you do whatever you're going to do for like three or four months. You're just doing your thing. And then randomly one day when you uh, are afraid you're never going to work again, suddenly an email comes in and says, hey, there's more Resident Evil Village to be recorded. So you go in, and as I'm driving there, I'm like, uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan, 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 like trying to remember <laughs> what the voice sounded like. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, luckily you go in there and they play you some reference of what you did and you're able to snap right back into it. Yeah. But um, so, so yeah, it was, it was uh, just, you know, yeah, maybe like five or six, maybe seven sessions over the course of uh, however long and um, over the course of a few years. And yeah. so, yeah, it was, and I, and then I also think too, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think when I first went in there, I, th- I think I was told, I, I, I might be wrong about this. I hope I'm not, but mm. one of the producers said to me, um, cause I went in there and did it. And then, um, she called me up later on and said, you know, they really like, uh, they really like what you're doing. And I think they're going to add more in, they're going to add more lines and it's going to be more of it. So I think that for me to be involved with it a little bit more than I was, was kind of an afterthought. I think that the Duke, I don't know for sure, but I think that the Duke was going to just be kind of stationary in right. the, like by the graveyard. But then you notice you, of course, when you go to some of these um, levels, I don't know if you call them levels anymore, yeah. but like, you know, like these certain stages, certain boss fights, you'll come around the corner and you'll see the Duke. And what's funny is when I first started playing it, of course I come around the corner and I stopped because I was in the woods. I look off, you see the castle and you see the Duke's carriage. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, 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 okay. Content. Let's make some content, Aaron. So I go out and I get a, a tripod and I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, as soon as the, I'm going to turn up the TV and as soon as the Duke comes out and I'm going to get my reaction and I'm going to, as soon as the Duke comes out, I'm going to look at the camera and say something funny. Well, I get it all set up and I'm, I'm going around the corner. And as soon as the Duke comes out, I suddenly just... I stop and I just smile and all any and all like dicking around, just drained out of my body. I was just like, Holy crap. And I got that moment on film. And when I watched it back, I was like, Oh, well shit, I should post this. And you know, That's like on the your very Instagram, first, yeah, if anyone wants yeah, to see the very it. first yeah. time that I, uh, that I see the Duke. Yeah. Links, links in the description. Question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's it's, uh, I'll get it up now quickly. It is, uh, uh, do do to three, do to three, yeah. Oh, do to three, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, my Instagram, yeah, 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 yeah. 
d-o-o-d-e-r-3 yeah and uh i i was gonna change the name i just kind of would <laughs> I, as much as I do this, this work and was, have been pursuing this work, the idea of like anybody trying to like seek me out or find me on Instagram, it never occurred to me. <laughs> so now I'm like, maybe it should be like Aaron LaPlante, the Duke or Aaron LaPlante or something. I think it to, should be. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But the thing is, I forgot my Instagram password. So, <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm doing. so as it stands now, I'm not that active, but it's D O O D E R three. And sometimes I post pictures of my dogs and uh, I don't have any kind of uh, cameo or anything like that. I, I mean, I don't really even know how, how to go about that stuff, but maybe in the future I will. So I'll put that stuff on Instagram, but I don't have Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. Maybe I should see that. Look, I'm very, like I said to you, and when we were messaging, I'm very ill prepared for this. Stuff. <laughs> but keep an eye out. Yeah, keep an, yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's plenty of lines in here that people keep quoting. One of them is, Oh, Lady Domitress, beautiful even in death, waistline, yes. Waistline, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, those lines, did you know they were going to be, like, comedic in a way? Like, did you did you know he was going to be such a comedy relief character or what? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Well, I, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the word there is relief. I knew that. I knew mm. that he would be a relief the player and so uh and i as far as my perform the history of my performing is mostly comedic anyway i don't really do too too many like dramas In oh fact, spider ham was so funny man sorry to cut you off oh thank you um, thank you yeah that was fun that was super fun to be able to do that and that was a that was a crazy sounding voice that was far from from mine but you know the way all this stuff started was i did sketch comedy in hollywood for years and uh had a couple sketch groups and when you do a, a half hour sketch comedy show, you're probably playing about six or seven different characters. So mm. you can put different costumes on, but the best way to differentiate between the characters is to give them a distinct sounding voice. So, uh, so that's kind of how this all, this all started doing a voice for comic for comedy's sake, dating all the way back to when I was a kid. It's about instinct. If you're in your science class and you're, and your teacher has a, a voice that sounds like this. <laughs> then when you go into the lunchroom with your friends later and you go like, hey, Matt, get over here. What are you doing with that test tube? You're going to eat that cinnamon roll? And they all start <laughs> laughing and stuff. So then I think for me, I equated like doing a voice comedy. So I think with this, the fact that he was um, going to be a relief for the player, the comedy just, and it, the comedy's in the lines too, of course. I yeah. kind of knew that that's, but I, but I didn't want to, push the comedy because that's not what that's not what the game is about you know what i mean because like there's also be the sinister stuff that you're talking about but plus a bit of combat it's a very interesting character really yeah and also i think uh, some of the sinister stuff and some of that telling stuff i was directed to do that for sure because i i was so focused on like okay have him be kind of uh just sort of lilting and optimistic you know uh but there were certain po points where they knew something that I didn't know. So then they would say, okay, for this line, make it a little bit more sinister, a little bit more telling. And so I would do that. And there was some excitement in it because obviously my character is supposed to be being sinister because he knows something you don't, but the actor doesn't even know. <laughs> the actor doesn't even know what the player. That's so what's I'm so cool kind of though. Pretending to oh, know. Yeah. But you, yeah. I don't want to keep sucking up your ass, but boy, oh boy, you did a good job. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you. G I mean, no, 100%. Um, 
people are asking here as well um, about uh, Lady Demetresque. What was your reaction when playing that part of the level and seeing the reaction to this character? I mean, it's she's just blown up on the internet. I don't know if you know, but I think it's yeah, I, she has, and I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I knew about because I'll tell you uh, the, the the one time that I got to be around all the other actors. Mm. Excuse me. Was um, again, this was before any kind of quarantine or anything. This is a while before any kind of quarantine. So we all got together for, to do a table read. Uh, my character nice. still had not been that fleshed out. So I was there and I was basically filling in. I think actually, I think in that table read, I read some of Heisenberg's lines just to kind of fill in and help out because I don't think um, the fellow that was playing Heisenberg, I don't think he could be there that day. So I was filling in, but yeah. I saw Jeanette there and I saw everybody there and, um, and, and I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Uh, I don't remember the woman's name who did uh, Lady Dimitrescu's voice. Maggie Robinson. Name? Yes. And I remember she was sitting all the way down at the end of the table. And as soon as she started talking, I was like, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you something. I mean, if I, if my memory serves, she, what ended up in the game is not much different than what I heard that day. So she got it right away. She got it right away. And I yeah. thought, okay, this is going to be cool. And then of course, you know, they were showing, you know, they were sort of teasing her. They were showing her and, um, you know, as, as sort of like press was coming out about the game. So I was like, well, this just as, I mean, just aesthetically, just that shot alone is because, you know, people that are into horror are really into aesthetics, mm. you know, and, and sort of like, that's why they wear t-shirts. That's why they have um, crazy cosplay. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's why they have action figures and stuff. Cause they're just really, they just, it, it's very visual. So seeing that character, I think I knew right away. And then seeing the daughters, Jeanette's part and, 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 and the other two uh, actors that pl that played the daughters, um, I was just like, oh, people are going to, the people are just going to eat this up. I mean, especially, like I said, there's already cosplayers and that stuff just tickles me. I just think it's absolutely amazing. People dressing up like the characters, that level of enthusiasm is, uh, is amazing. Have and you so seen a Duke I, cosplay yet? No, I haven't seen a Duke cosplay, but I think the thing about the Duke is that it's kind of, it's a tough. It's one. hard. He's so big. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's kind of like uh, I, I think I, it'll. I'll be interesting to see because I've never really had that experience either. The only time, um, the only time I had, I saw on Instagram there was a guy who uh, is like a he's a um, he's a, an incredible artist and a puppeteer, and I think he was in a shop and he got one of those uh, costumes where you can look like you're riding on a dinosaur. You know, like you could blow it up and mm. you can. You're walking around it looks like you're riding on a dinosaur and he had like long hair and a spear and so he was dressed like spear from primal and i thought that was really cool but i've never really had that experience before the two things that i'm uh that i really would uh, get a huge kick out of is um somebody dressing up that'd be cool but also a an action figure because i'm big on you know i'm big into that kind of stuff and i don't think i've ever had a there's got to be a duke one coming surely it's yeah i sincerely hope so the, the the major one I have to say if I could share with you if I could share a dream with you guys yeah uh, I'm from I, I'm from Lake Stevens Washington but I was born in a town called Everett and my dad and my brother and my nephew they still live in Everett and Everett is the Funko uh, headquarters you know those Funko characters Funko pops yeah yeah I've got a few here yeah so yeah. 
and the head it's amazing to go there but my family because it's sort of like a regional thing obviously it's all over the all over the world now but my brother had this incredible still does i mean i think he boxed him up cuz he's got a lot of really like valuable ones but he had this huge collection and my nieces love them my nephew loves them my sister even loves them my dad has he has a big collection of all the universal monster ones so if there was ever a funko pop i don't think there's going to be oh. one of the two Surely. But, there, but hopefully in the future someday, uh, I hope that there is one. Uh, there is one for one of my characters because that would just be. I don't know. I feel like it would. It would. There's just something cool about you know it being from where I was born, and I don't know. I think that'd be cool. I could easily see them doing a Lady D Duke Heisenberg. Oh, absolutely, you could just easily I could see, see them doing yeah. Lady. I could see a Heisenberg with the hammer and everything yeah. would be. Cool. I could see all the the daughters. I mean, because, you know, I mean, like the Duke is a fun, there's something special about the Duke, but these, these other characters are, I mean, they're just exciting. And so, so, I mean, I could, there's got to, there's going to be some action figures, I should think for some of these other characters, particularly like the villain characters. Um, at least I hope there will be. Uh, Pog, he says, Duke was such a bro, best merchant ever. Um, Thank you so much. That's so awesome. Duke is the best. Duke can't die. Love Duke. I mean, you can go back after, mate. There's so many positive comments. I love it. I do, I'm so, I'm so, oh man, I'm so uh, thrilled that people are uh, into it. I think one of the most thrilling aspects of that is that I am, I'm a fan too. I'm a huge fan of of a lot of this stuff, and so I know what it's like to be um, super excited about whether it be a game or a movie or cartoon or something like that. So it's kind of nice to to contribute to that excitement for uh, for somebody else, you know. Can I get a couple of lines out of you? People keep asking. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, what are you buying is another one. Yeah. What are you buying? <laughs> Wasn't he, doesn't he say... Doesn't he say, what are you buying? And then he says, like, uh, an old associate of mine used to say that or, or something like that. Yeah, from Resident Evil 4, the merch. That's yeah, a, yeah. that's an Easter egg to that, which was great. Um, yeah. Have you played Resident Evil 4? I, you know what? Maybe, but I don't know, because there was my – growing up, we had uh, – we didn't have a PlayStation until I think, like, the 2 was about to come out. We were always sort of a system behind. And so we had the PlayStation 1 and then, and then PlayStation 2. And I actually never had a 3, I think – uh, my friend gave me an Xbox 360, mm. and so I played a lot of those games for a while. And then I didn't have anything for the longest time. But then when I did that uh, um, Groundhog Day game, they gave me they I I was there was a package that showed up at the door, and uh, I didn't even look at it because I don't usually order really big stuff. But um, so I assumed it was for my girlfriend, and then she was like, "You can open that package," and I was like, "I don't really know." And it was for me, so I opened it up, and it was a PlayStation VR. Oh. And I was like, well, what the hell is it? And so, so I looked, and yeah, then it yeah, turns because yeah. the Groundhog the Day game, game was yeah, VR. Yeah. So they just gave the thing to me, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. But I didn't have a system to play it on, so then I went and got the system. And so I'm kind of catching up. I mean, I've played some of the – I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm really behind. But I think that there's so many – I played the first couple Resident – well, certainly two was, was a favorite as well. And then I recently played the uh, – the remake. I gotta ask: Am I sweating a lot? I feel like I'm sweating. No, a lot. man, I, we can't see it. You're hiding a well. <laughs> I could be as sweaty as the Duke, so maybe if I get even sweatier, people will recognize me a little bit more. People were saying, "Has the Duke been working out?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually, you know, I'll tell you one thing about quarantine: I did lose about fifty pounds. Oh, really? But, nice. Uh, 
yeah just uh just uh do but yeah so i guess the, the duke has been working out um <laughs> But I, what was I talking about? I don't even remember. Even That's all right. We'll, we'll come back. Um, JP here says, which of the four Lords, Aaron, do you like the most? So Heisenberg, Angie, um, Moro, uh, who else is there? Demetrius. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, uh, I'm just starting to experience uh, Heisenberg. And so far, it's a really cool character. And there's something, you know, sometimes you sometimes you run into a character that you are eventually uh, going to have to fight. And there's something about <laughs> there's something about him. I'm like, this is going to be hard for me. I mean, again, I'm not very good at these things, so this is going to be really hard. So there's some I'm kind of afraid <laughs> of Heisenberg, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, but the lady, the lady is my favorite. She's just aesthetically it, she's just amazing there's been so many cosplayers of her too and there will continue to be as there should be and the daughters i mean you know when i um uh, it sounds weird but uh fighting cassandra yeah and kind of tearing up while i'm doing it really by myself sitting, yeah because it's my friend you know what i mean yeah. like it's the so there's so so I think that that even though that was the beginning and of course there are so many cool things in the game but um I think that that first part going through and 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 fighting those daughters particularly Cassandra I mean that was just it was cool it was just a cool very surreal r- very surreal experience Yeah I was going to say that would have been tough to hear her voice but also um Jeanette's voice but also cool at the same time emotional a lot of a lot of different emotions because it's also a horror game in a way. So the lines aren't exactly, you know, she's playing a character. Not sentimental so. or anything. Yeah. 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 But it's so, but it's, you know, Jeanette, I, I think had a lot of the same, she was real big, you know what I mean? Like she, and she could to- totally be subtle and there's a lot of proof of her doing that. But like when we were in school together, we were real big, just chewing the scenery, just, just going for it. And, you know, I think that, uh, I am still like that. And I think she was able to kind of go back and forth between uh, totally subtle and emotional and just absolutely bonkers, ridiculous, crazy, which the best actors are the ones that can do that. So, yeah, pretty amazing. Who are, who are some people you look up to in the industry in terms of gaming or animation or someone like a Rob yeah. Paulson or? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of those, it, that's another thing about these voice actors that, you know, for the most part, I mean, there are some assholes, but for the most part, everybody is just, they're just amazing people um, because they have so much gratitude for what they get to do. And not only that, but the work that they do, particularly cartoons, they, they're very meaningful to little kids and they become meaningful to when those kids grow up. People keep that stuff with them. If they so choose, they keep that stuff with them for their whole lives. Mm. And so there's something about being able to, uh, with some of these people, being able to just sort of wave a little magic wand and and really do something meaningful for somebody. So I, if somebody gets to do that enough, you can you can you can bet that they'll be really cool. So Rob, uh, I've never gotten a chance to meet him, but I do look up to him a lot. He's got a great uh, podcast called Talking Tunes. Yeah, talks to a lot of voice actors, and you know anybody that's interested in voice acting. I mean that is. Because it's in addition to the um, craft, he also just talks about, and I, I, you know, uh, this is me saying this, but he also, there's a mind your manners aspect of it. That's like, this is what we get to do. And so mind your manners, be cool, be good, be a good person, be collaborative, be nice. And so I look up to that. 
uh, I, I'm very lucky to have uh, uh, a friend, uh, Eric Bauza. And Eric Bauza is the voice of Bugs Bunny. He's the voice of uh, Daffy Duck. He's actually Daffy Duck and a bunch of other characters in the new Space Jam that's coming out. And he is one of the nicest people uh, in the world. Uh, absolutely. Um, another friend of mine who I actually talked to just yesterday, uh, Ben Davis, who does voice. Hey, voice, yeah, uh, we had him on. Ben. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy indeed. Uh, and he is uh, because he is I basically was driving around and I just sort of thought, you know, this thing is again, this is one of my first sort of big things. And I have to I want to be able to capitalize on this. But as a gentleman and I don't mean money wise, I mean, I want to I want to be able to I know what you mean. Yeah. Get it more get more work. This is, you know, this is something where, so if anybody- You're passionate who, about it, yeah. Yeah, so if anybody makes cartoons or makes video games, I'm a nice guy, I'm a good <laughs> actor, I'm available, let's go, because that's kind of the most meaningful aspect. But engagement with fans on, on social media, going to some of these conventions and things, showing up for that and not being one of those kind of like weird, like, mm, that makes me uncomfortable, I don't want to do that. So I called him up and just said like, hey, look, uh, you're a gentleman and very warm and I want to, I want to, emulate you know what you do so he gave me gave me the rundown and so yeah i don't know i mean i could go on and on there's so many people but those are some people right off the bat that just they're very uh meaningful to me and i'm just i'm already uh grateful and so lucky to get to work in this business at all but then on top of it to get to uh know some of these really dynamic people is just it's just incredible it's incredible i'm very lucky yeah, Miguel here says you're his favorite voice actor besides David Hayter. Nice, nice. Yeah, Dave, I, I don't know David either, but I'll tell you, anytime I've ever uh, heard him talk about his work, you know, he's been included in like some different documentaries, not just voice acting, but his writing and everything. And I'd love to, I'd love to meet David sometime. I mean, really, these people, they're just not one acting is harder than the other. You know what I mean? There's mm. always this thing like voice acting versus real acting it drives me fucking crazy when oh, people I say like it's a to it's just a totally different thing mm. and um and uh but to be able to to be able to to be able to sit in a room in front of a microphone and have the lines in front of you and you're in the middle of a battle you're on a horse and you're fighting all these orcs or whatever the hell you're doing you have to just kind of sit there and be like Okay, are we ready? Ready to go? Okay. And then you snap into that energy and you're fighting orcs. And then they go, okay, good. And then you snap back out of it. And you're just kind of sitting there like, and then they do whatever they're going to do. And then you have to snap back into it. It's a whole different, it's a whole different kind of thing. So I, I just admire, I don't know. Uh, I'm happy to be a voice actor. I do on camera stuff too, but I'm more happy to be more uh, pursuing and focused on uh, voice acting. Cause it just, I don't know. I love it. I hope to see you in plenty more games, brother, because, again, you've knocked it out of the park. Um, I wanted to run a theory by you as well that the Duke is a figment in Ethan's imaginational mind. What do you think of that theory? I think it's really cool, yeah. yeah? I, think it's a re I think it's really amazing, yeah. And I think that uh, there is uh, – because that, you know, that was um, – that kind of support for Ethan was – very lacking in uh in seven mm. other than like going through the house and the telephone rings and then you pick it up and somebody kind of helps you along or whatever but again it's just over the phone so for ethan to then <laughs> to then go from one horrific situation <laughs> to another it would stand to reason that maybe he would uh 
create that in his head, although there's the tangibility of the fact that he finds things, sells them and gets stuff from the Duke. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I see. That's the thing too, is I'm not really, the lore is so big. Oh, I'm that really I don't afraid. even really, I'm just kind of like, I'll be sitting there and then my girlfriend will walk by and be like, so what are you having to do now? And I'm like, well, I'm collecting all these flasks that have uh, uh, dead baby parts in them. And she's like, <laughs> okay, uh, what are we going to have for dinner? <laughs> you know I mean? So I kind of am just going with the punch. I'm just sort of rolling with the punches a little Does bit. Does she know how big this game is? Like this is number one game I in the world so. right now. I think so. Yeah, no, for, she definitely, yeah, she definitely, yeah. she's an actor too. I mean, she's been in a bunch oh, of different Oh, she is? Nice. Yeah, she's, yeah, ta- her name's Tasha Ames. And uh, she's done a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff over the years. And uh, she recently was in that uh, show, Little Fires Everywhere, the Reese Witherspoon show. Oh, wow. Really? And uh, so, yeah, she knows, she knows that she knows the deal, you know, but yeah, it's definitely not her world. I mean, she doesn't play video games and, you know, I've got the thing and I got another controller, but it's just not something that's really... But she knows how important it is to me, so of course she's, yeah, you know, thrilled for me. That's awesome. Uh, people keep asking about the Demetrius waistline. We've already said it, guys. You can go back. We already got Aaron to do it before. <laughs> people love this character, man. It's crazy. Um, have you heard the other rendition, the renditions of um, the Duke, like the Japanese version and the? Have no, you, have I you got a chance now. I haven't gotten a chance. And actually, I mean, like, this is this is really stupid of me to say, but it was, yeah, when I started looking and I was looking on Instagram and seeing some of the people who had done the different versions of the Duke, and I was like, that's right. There's people that are doing it in a bunch of different languages. And actually, I would love to see like a, and I'm sure if I wait a little bit long enough, I'll be able to see like a super cut. I mean, wouldn't yeah, that be Yeah, I think just, just give me a couple of days. Get on it, Dan. <laughs> but uh, I think that that would be really, I think that that would be really cool um, because that, and, and I think that those actors should definitely be, you know, people should know about them and people should praise yeah. them for the work because it's definitely, I mean, that's the thing too. It's a collaborative, uh, definitely. I mean, you, there's a lot of, uh, I it's hard for me to like take ownership of a, of a character. When there's other myself, people there's involved. So many different people. And I think that that was, that was really apparent to me on Primal because obviously his uh, Spears' voice is really important. It brings the character to life, but um, the acting, half of the acting, is in the hand and in the stylus of the person who is animating the character and storyboarding the character. So, uh, so yeah, it's cool collectively. Yeah, I would love to see a, I would love to see a supercut of all the different uh, languages. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, what's something we might not know about the Duke that you can give us? That's another question people keep asking. Something that maybe we didn't get in the game that you might be able to give us. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, um, the only, you know, I really don't know. The only thing I can say is that when I first saw, like, concept drawings of the Duke, mm-hmm. he did look a little different. And that's another thing that's yeah. interesting. Like, his coat, it looked a little bit more like a, like, sort of like a suit, almost like a a, a, a large, obviously, ridiculously large, ill-fitting, ill-fitting, like, tuxedo. And it seemed like his face was kind of had, like, some sores on it. And so, so it was, what was interesting was to, because the, because the Duke, didn't uh, doesn't move around a lot yeah he was kind of the design was a little bit more fleshed out so when i was recording it when i'm doing the cut scenes and stuff i didn't see anything but there were these sections where 
I would, um, if you notice when you're not engaging with the Duke, if you're just standing next to him, uh, he can do if you're, if you're just animations. standing next to him, yeah, he'll kind of move around a little bit. He'll flick some cigar ashes on his leg and they'd be like, oh, well, whatever. When I was doing that, I was actually seeing the Duke. I oh, got to see yeah. him. I got to see what he looks like. I got to see how he moved and everything. And and I thought it was such an interesting, and it makes perfect sense, that he looks more like a cherub and not like a creepy. The obviousness of his creepiness I would have hurt it. The fact that he's obviously, he's really big and there's some, there's, there's kind of like, and with his clothing there and his tattered clothing, there's kind of like a grotesque aspect of that. But uh, to have his face be so, so cherub like just makes it more interesting. It just makes it more interesting for the for the player, I think. I also want to ask you, I know you don't have all the answers to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. The um, what do you is there a reason Lady D doesn't go into that room with a Duke? You know how you can. Is it just a gameplay mechanic? You think? I think it's just a gameplay mechanic. Yeah. And I'll, this is another thing I'll tell you is that one of the things, and this is just my opinion. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people don't agree with me because they are all really good at playing games, <laughs> but I, there's certain things and it happened a lot in seven where I would continue, you know, sometimes a game, of course you're supposed to uh, solve puzzles, but the game kind of leads you in the right direction. If you've forgotten something, it will sort of like make it so that you go back and get that thing. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about um, Resident Evil is that sometimes like if you miss something, it'll kind of let you miss it and you can go kind of far before you're like, oh, I'm supposed to have that. And so then you have to kind of go back and get that thing. So in the castle, I saw the Duke outside, of course. Then I go in there and I'm doing the thing. And then I remember distinctly, I did see, well, in some of the, 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 some of the footage before the game came out, the Duke is in the room and there's candles everywhere and it looks like it's in the castle. So I went through the whole thing. I fought the lady. I fought her daughters. I did everything I was supposed to do. I went up on the roof. I did all that stuff. And then when I came out, I stopped and I was like, I didn't see the Duke. I just didn't see him. No way. I got through that whole thing and didn't see him. I didn't even see that part. The only time I've ever saw that part is in what? your video. Oh, no way, really? And I thought, and I oh thought that was, interesting. but I think, but I think that's an interesting aspect, though, is that like that it doesn't even on casual mode, even on the easiest mode, it it's up to you to explore every room you go into because that's another thing that I love about the the, the Duke's function is that when you go into a room because you can sell stuff to him it, it, it's incumbent upon you you have to search every single inch of the room to find stuff that's either useful or something that you can sell to the duke so i think it kind of forces you and if you don't do that you will miss out on stuff like i missed out on seeing my seeing the character that i got to do the voice for <laughs> oh my god i can't believe that but i guess yeah that's makes perfect sense you, you might not walk into that room you might think it's locked, or you might not see it. Yeah. Well, and I, but I can. You can rest assured that. Uh, sorry, there's a garbage truck going by. If, I don't know if you'll hear that, but um, I, uh, I'm gonna play it again. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly gonna play it again. I mean, that's, that's another thing is that like, I. What's so exciting to me, and this is this is kind of obvious. This isn't groundbreaking, but movies and TV shows are not going anywhere. But games it's a narrative experience that lets you participate. It's this be it's this amazing narrative, well-written, this whole world created 
then instead of just kind of watching it play out and you just kind of get to be entertained by it, you get to uh, contribute to it. And I just think that's so cool. That is the future. Movies and TV shows aren't going anywhere. But to be able to think 20 years, if, 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 if this game looks like this does now, what about 20 years from now? What is it going to be? You're going to be sitting in your room and you're just going to be like, honey, I'm going to go uh, vanquish some some uh, some orcs, okay? Okay, have fun. And then you just, you're, I'm an elderly man and I put this thing on and I'm vanquishing orcs and, orcs and then I pull my shoulder out and I have to go to the doctor and say like, I was, we got attacked by orcs, okay? What do you want from me? <laughs> That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, the playing is just going to get more and more and more and more. And so to be able to sort of get to be a part of that, I, I don't know, I don't have the words. I'm talking a lot. I guess that's the whole point of this. We're talking no, about like, don't worry, man. It's all brief. Yeah, it's and I'm going on a lot of tangents. Sorry, but yeah, I, I mean, love tangents. Don't worry. It's super exciting. Yeah. Any any idea why the Duke's so big and why he's French? Another question I'm seeing a lot here. Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, the Duke. I think that uh, well, not he's French, but he's he says a few things in French. Sorry, he says a few things, and actually, yeah. one of the directors, Stephen, the motion captured director. And I'm so sorry, I don't recall his last name, but he's a French guy. And I remember distinctly saying uh, the lady Dimitrescu, her name, and feeling in that moment, feeling very nervous. Because there's a, there's one of the directors is a French guy. And he was actually, um, I think in one of the sessions, he was actually in the room watching me. And, uh, and I really was like trying to be oversensitive and he was, you know, I mean, of course he was really gracious about it, but, uh, there was one point where I said, uh, Trey B, I said, it's très bien. And I say that. And then I looked over at him and I was like, how was that? And he goes, it's très bien. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, moving on. I guess it was très bien. So, so, so good for me. He nailed it. But, I, but yeah, sorry to answer the question. I don't, yeah, I don't even really know. I think that like, there's a visual there's a visual design and then there's whatever I brought to the table. There's whatever they told me to do. Mm. And then I think uh, the, the Duke's function in the game is to be helpful, to be a sort of beacon of relief and to be a mystery and to make you unnerved to where, because there's aspects of this. I'll tell you, the lichens make upset me. They really do. <laughs> they're scared the shit out of me, actually. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what scared the shit out of me? The The baby. Now, have you have you played that section yes. in the house? Yeah, I have. Did you shit yes, yourself I, like me or what? Yes, I did. <laughs> Absolutely. I was thinking too because of because you know, in addition to doing uh, uh, in addition to doing dialogue with uh, primal and with a lot of and when I started doing anime, uh, they were you know I they didn't really know me so they didn't really trust me with any like human speaking characters. So for the longest time, I just did sounds, monster sounds, and stuff like that. So I've become a bit of a um, a bit of a connoisseur of, of just uh, these great actors, because there are a lot of them out there. I mean, if you uh, any game that has zombies in it or any game that has dragons or whatever, always scroll down on IMDb and find out some of these people who just they're amazing. The yeah. It is amazing. It's unbelievable. And Primal, there's a lot of those because I do Spear, but then there's also you do a, a bunch lot of, of yeah. yeah, they do a lot of this. So to hear that baby sound. Whoever did that, I mean, again, I, I feel terrible. I think that, but before I do the next interview, I need to do some research or at least have IMDb up next to me because these people, they're just amazing. Oh, we got to give you some credit. It's a little hard to remember everyone's name. There's hundreds of people involved yeah. in this project. So um, I w- wanted to talk you to you a little bit. So Would you mind if I go grab a, a, a drink real quick? Just oh, a drink of water. Please do. Hold on one second. Please do, mate. One second, guys.
Keep your questions coming in, guys. We will be back in a second. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, good. You got to get rehydrated, brother. You all good to keep going? I, I didn't give Absolutely, you time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I don't have anything going on. Uh, I'm good to go. I love talking about myself. I love it. <laughs> so let's keep going. <laughs> um, Primal, how did you land that gig? And tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so Primal... Uh, that has to do with an ongoing relationship with a absolute genius creator named Gendy Tarakovsky. And uh, one of my first things ever was, remember when I talked about that kind of work where you record the entirety of a part and then they replace you with a famous person. One of the first things I ever did was he was working on a Popeye movie. And I had met the casting director that was working with him, uh, an amazing person who has become an awesome friend. Her name's Mary Hidalgo. She's cast some of the greatest uh, animated projects ever. Mm -hmm. And they were doing Popeye and they needed somebody to come in to do the temporary voice for Bluto. And I think I, I got the email and I immediately was like, okay, I, I went on YouTube and I looked up and Bluto kind of talks out of the side of his mouth and he's got kind of like a really ah, sound to him. So I went over to my friend Fred's place, uh, a, a dear friend of mine, Fred Stoverink. I like to say the names of these people because they're just amazing. Yeah. An actor as well. And he, we stood in his kitchen and we recorded the audition and they sent it in. And I didn't know Gendy. Of course, I knew his work, but I didn't really know him personally. And I got the part so that, or, you know, got the temporary part. So I yep. went in and started recording that and recorded it for a couple. I mean, it felt like a couple of years, you know, because they would tweak the script and then I'd come in. And I worked with him and he liked working with me enough to uh, the movie got canceled, unfortunately, because I, you know, it's not like I would have gotten to play Bluto. I mean, maybe, but I think what they would have done is cast it with somebody more famous and then maybe let me be like a small part in it or something. Mm -hmm. So I was looking forward to that. It got canceled, but he was also doing the Hotel Transylvania films at the time or the second one. So he did that one. He was working on two. And then uh, I was lucky enough to get to go do the loop group. And the funny story with that, and I won't make this too long of a story, but there's a lot of fun stuff in it. That loop group was, was where it's a bunch of voice actors doing monster sounds and doing small sort of characters throughout. And there's a really great documentary. If anybody's interested in voice acting, there's a documentary called I Know That Voice made by John, John DiMaggio, the guy that does. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, he does everything. He's another one that I look up to like He's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. I've only met him in, in passing, but hell of a guy and a genius. And um, he made this documentary and it was like, it was like a syllabus of all the greatest voice actors ever. And it's so exciting, especially when you're an aspiring voice actor to watch that. And I remember what I would do sometimes uh, as I was, I would watch that documentary the night before I got to go do some kind of voiceover thing. So in that instance, I watched the documentary and I was looking at, and then when I went in the next day to record that, all the people in the documentary were all showed up. Jess Harnell, Fred Tatashore, Mona Marshall, Kari Walgren. I mean, um, just amazing, just the cream of the crop. And they're all there. It's like a bunch of cowboys and a mechanic. I'm just like, <laughs> who's the asshole in the room here? You know, so I'm just kind of sitting there. And it's yeah. this, and so we did that. And Gendy comes in and, he, you know, and then part three came out. Or no, sorry. And then the next thing was Gendy rebooted Samurai Jack. And he um, did a fifth season of it and made it so much more violent. And I got a call from that and he wanted me to play a, a few different characters in that. So I played the omen, 
which is a giant um, samurai on horseback that's kind of following uh, Jack through the landscape. And eventually they have a fight. And then I played um, the Dominator, which was a character that captured Ashi's character and is like electrocuting or whatever. So I got to do that. Then Hotel Transylvania 3 was coming out and they let me be the voice of the gremlins. If anybody, if anybody's seen that, there's a scene where they're on a plane and the joke is that, you know, gremlins are, are traditionally monsters that mess around with planes in flight. I mean, that's kind of the whole lore of gremlins. So in this movie, there's an airline called gremlin air and the pilots are gremlins and the flight attendants are gremlins. So I did the voice of all the gremlins in that, which was oh, just wow. amazing and lucky. And again, a very lucky thing to be a part of. Mm. And, um, and then after, and then after that, I just got a call from, or I didn't get a call from Gendy. I got a, an email through my agent said, Gendy wants you to come to Cartoon Network. He wants to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay. And so we go there. And of course I see Gendy, how you doing? We get into the booth and then he's like, could you do like some kind of barking sounds for me? Like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, okay, so I'm doing that. And then he's like, give me some really powerful screams. I won't do it here, but I'm just like screaming my ass off. And you can see him kind of smiling. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 And then he comes in and he shows me a picture of this caveman. And he's like, so this is the deal. This caveman you're the voice. You're going to be the voice of this caveman. He doesn't say much. He doesn't really say any dialogue, but he's he. All of his emotions are just through sounds. And uh, we're going to do ten episodes. And I was like, okay. So I, when when am I going to find out? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, is that, I mean, this is an audition. He's like, this isn't an audition. That you're. I I want you to do this. This is. Wow. It's not yeah. like he did it. It's not like he wrote it for me. In fact, the the show was supposed to be a little kid and a dinosaur. That was the original ah. premise. And when that show, when that movie, The Good Dinosaur came out, obviously not just that, but like, I think that over the, and then of course doing Samurai Jack and having it be a little bit more violent, seeing how everybody responded to that. Gendy loves dinosaurs. He loves creatures. He loves warriors. He, he loves all that stuff. He loves music. So uh, he thought, well, this is a chance to do some amazing creatures and, and, and have some amazing music and have it be kind of, and not like he loves violence, but I just mean like it's, it's like a ballet, but there's blood flying everywhere, <laughs> you know? So, um, so, so yeah. So then I got to do that and, uh, you know, and it's, uh, that's a unique experience certainly to be oh. able to, uh, just go in there because I, you know, I was mentioned before that I did a lot of, um, anime dubbing and with anime dubbing, of course, the animation's already done. Usually when you record voiceover for a cartoon, you do the voice and then they animate to it later. Whereas with this, the animation's already done, so you're just kind of you got to time it. Yeah, it's like doing ADR. You're kind of talking along, and I did so much of that stuff. Some a lot of it, which I wasn't even credited on. It's not even on IMDb, but it's just because there's so much of that out there. And so um, when I went to do Primal, they're like, "Okay, we're going to show you the thing, and you're going to have to kind of follow along with it." And in my in my head, I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. This is what I've been, what I've been doing all along." So. Um, that's an interesting thing. I mean, the biggest thing about that is not thinking about the character. It's about thinking about how I don't hurt my voice. Because uh -huh. if you, if any, I mean, if you go back and watch that, it's ridiculous. Straining. The, the amount of screaming and stuff. And I have a pretty powerful voice anyway. But, you know, if you don't, if, I mean, if you catch your voice off guard, you can hurt it and you can hurt it permanently. So <laughs> you, you know? got to do short, short stints for that. Yeah, well, and also too, the way that that works is because the uh, because the animation has to be done before I go in there and record it. They, um, I'll record it, and then like a month or two will go by, 
And so I'm able to kind of rest and then I come back in and do another one. So it's not like I have to do multiple episodes all in one shot, you know? So, I mean, that helps, but you can rest assured when I'm driving to the studio to do it. Um, There's another amazing voice actor named Charlie Adler. And uh, in an interview, uh, they said, well, how do you warm up? And he said, all I do is sing. I sing on the way to the studio. I do the thing. And then I sing on the way home. So I've gotten to, I've gotten into doing uh, when I drive to the studio, I sing old 90s rap songs, but I sing it in like an operatic voice. So I go, just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. I just do it over and over and over again. (laughs) And that helps, yeah. Warm up. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, helps me. So, yeah. That's cool. We've got people in here from Mexico, Romania, Korea, Australia, Indonesia, Denmark, Poland. Philippines, planet Earth, Chile, wow. Germany, USA. So cool. so cool. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for hopefully this isn't boring you to tears. <laughs> have you ever been to, to to land down under Australia? I never have. No, I never have. I've oh. always wanted to. I have to, I'll, I'll call myself out and say that I am not well traveled uh, oh, whatsoever. No. And I sincerely hope that, you know, in the future, uh, as things kind of open up, I sincerely hope that I can do uh, I can do a little bit of traveling and see some see some other places. We got some more here now coming in: Brazil, Canada, Finland, England, Mars. Oh, Mars, Dubai, Mars, Bulgaria. Wait a minute, Mars? We got to call somebody. <laughs> uh, now I mentioned earlier the the spider ham. Oh man, that short is so cool. How cool yeah. is it to be in that? And that movie, Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse, has got to be one of the best animated films I've ever seen. It absolutely is. And though, I mean, like that was that directly came from the fact that I had already had kind of a relationship with Sony, doing Hotel Transylvania, and um, and so um, there's another casting director over there, Libby Thomas, who's another friend. She's just so amazing, and actually. Uh, she and I were in a sketch group together. And so I was working at Sony and she was doing some other stuff. And then she, uh, she interviewed to, to work there and we didn't even know. And then one day I went in, and I saw her there and I was like, Oh my gosh, Libby. So um, when I was doing hotel Transylvania three, they, they did some supplemental materials. It was actually for, um, it was, it was for, um, you know, like one of those things where you say like Alexa, it was like a, the Amazon, whatever thing. It was a promotion where, they wanted, sorry, excuse me. They wanted to have characters from Hotel Transylvania singing songs to kids. So you could go on like Alexa or whatever, and they would say whatever. So I did the gremlins and I was singing songs and the guy that produced that, we had a great time doing that. And so then, you know, when Spider-Verse came around, they wanted to have some supplemental materials for the uh, DVD release. And I don't know if you remember, but, uh, mm. and maybe some of the people that are watching will remember, but yeah. when the when the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out on VHS, in the very beginning, there was a Roger Rabbit cartoon that played before it on the VHS. So I think that that was kind of the... Uh, that was kind of the thing. They wanted to, to do that for the DVD to where you could watch a cartoon before the feature like a pixar movie absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely and so uh when the at the end of that short the character gets you know sort of sucked in and i think it has to i think it has to do with like what spider ham was doing 
uh, right before he got sucked into the movie where it's like, I think he comes in like 60 some odd minutes. I think he actually says it at the end of the short. He's like, I hope I didn't miss the first 62 minutes. (laughs) When he gets sucked in, when he shows up in the movie, that short is basically, and I don't know that for sure. Maybe I'm totally bullshitting. No, I think you're right. It's just before the movie. Yeah. The short leads into the movie. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hold on one second. I'm going to shut the door. My dogs are. Oh, mine's the same. Puerto Rico, Morocco, USA. This is crazy. I mean, I, well, the one thing that I, every, as you're reading this off, the one thing I'm concerned about is what time is it in all these places? Someone just said it's, I'm here and it's 1 a.m. So they're staying oh, up. Gosh. Wow. Some well, people. Thanks for staying up, my God. Well, what time is it where you're at? Uh, it's 9.30 a.m. Oh, yeah, okay. 9.30 a.m. Not too bad. Not too bad. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good way to start the day. Also, I, I have done my research. You're in an episode of Modern Family. Is that yeah. right? Can you talk yeah. to me about that experience? I know it's probably a, a, short, a small role, but like, yeah. what's the set like there? Uh, I was a small role. And yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, I haven't had too much experience doing uh, TV shows. The only experience, most of it is just voiceover. But in that one, the scene was Eric Stone Street's character is at a dance recital for his daughter. And uh, he's, you know, of course, she up there and he's annoying the shit out of everybody and like oh my gosh and like you know like taking pictures of her and stuff and uh somebody tells him to be quiet says shh or no i think i do i say shh and he turns around or he says that's my daughter up there and i look at him and said that's all our daughters up there and then he like sits back down and that was it it was just one line and it totally got cut out it so when you what if you watch the episode he's looking at his daughter and he's all excited and then it cuts to the camera does a reverse on him and you see me in the background and you, you can look at my lips. I'm like poised to say something and then it cuts away. So uh, <laughs> I, the only thing I could say about that is it is an interesting thing that, you know, and I think more actors that are actors that are more uh, experienced in this than I am are used to this. But there is something about how like there's a show and everybody knows everybody everybody i mean they're all like a big family and then you come in and you're just there for the day is that so feel weird the, it's super weird it's horrifically weird but you know and so it depends on how you deal with it how i chose to deal with it it's just to stand there to not say anything to not be annoying to not try to like talk to the 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 actors or the notable actors to just be uh, there, not not go off somewhere where they can't find me, just stand there and be like, I mean, basically when I was on the set, I was basically just spending the entire day getting out of people's, <laughs> getting out of people's ways. Cause I'd be standing there and they'd be like, here, we got to put a table there. I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, we got to put a light there. Oh, sorry. And I would just kind of wander around and just say sorry the entire time. But you know, there's some actors that go on and they're just like, hey, everybody, what's going on? Oh, what is this, a soda? <laughs> just kidding, I know it's a soda. Okay, so what, what do you want me to stand? You want me to stand there? You want me to stand here? You want me to... And it just that that obnoxious actor thing that unfortunately a lot of actors do. I tried as hard as I could to not, to not do that. But I mean, my on-camera stuff is, was kind of short-lived. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. No, that's that's it's still an interesting experience isn't it yeah absolutely yeah and there's i guess there's a couple other a couple other shows in there most of my on-camera stuff has to do with just smaller stuff or i have a lot of i'm lucky enough to have a lot of incredibly talented friends that that make a lot of really amazing stuff and and i'm and i'm lucky enough that they include me in it so like if you look at my imdb there's some stuff there's one called vw directed by my friend joe price 
absolutely amazing. And you can actually find it on YouTube. There's a, there's a channel called Alter. So if you go VW mm. Alter, you can find it. Same thing. Um, there was a, there was another one um, that was I'm trying to see. Um, there's another one called uh, Pig, and uh, it's uh, it's also um, it's also on YouTube on Alter. If you just do Alter Pig, you can find it. it was directed by my friend Evan Powers. And it's hilarious. So as far as my on-camera stuff, if anybody's interested in that, you can find those two projects on Alter, and they're, they're, they're really great. But your real passion is is act, uh, in games and animation, yeah? I think so, yeah, because I hmm. think it's – and not that it was my uh, – not that it was my passion before the fact. I mean, as a little kid, you'd watch cartoons and stuff, and there's a lot of voice actors that have the story where they say, and I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons, and I used to dream of – one day being a voice actor and I never did that. And it's not because I wasn't interested. It's just because I think my brain at the time was like, how does anyone do that? And to be honest with you, that bewilderment, even despite the fact that I've got to be in resident evil village, I still kind of don't know how one gets to be a voice actor for a living. I'm just trying to be you like, fall into okay, it, this, don't yeah, this one seems pretty, well, it's any voice actor, like anyone you talk to, and I'm sure you've talked to a lot of them and, and you'll notice that, there's no concrete answer. It is all just a serendipitous succession of events that occurred in somebody's life. And they happen to be able to show up for those opportunities in a way that got them another opportunity. And not only that, but uh, you got to be a good actor, but you also have to be a good person. You just have to be a good collaborator. You have to be understanding. You can't be a diva. You can't be a jerk. You have to be available. And as far as my uh, opinion, as my philosophy, you have to just do what they tell you to do. Yeah. And, you know, that's hard for some people. So uh, or some people, you know, um, are really talented, but then they they think that their value is a little bit. Their value is so much so that they don't have to treat people right. And that, and in the voiceover world, that is super rare. But it, I mean, there's people like that around. But for the most part, voice actors are probably some of the most grateful actors just because it's such a niche thing to be a part of and. I, I mean, I, yeah. go, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that, like, you know, it's funny that, like, voice acting, I find that in a lot of situations that I find myself in, especially if there's other uh, other actors there, you say, oh, I do voice acting. And it's like the hair on the back of their neck stands up and they go, voice acting, you voice acting. Like, That's really cool. You know what's funny about that? I, I, I'm really interested in voice acting. I've always, I've always wanted to be interested. Well, could you tell me, how do you, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you get into voice acting? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to tell you because I really don't know what to tell them. <laughs> you know, people are really rabid to do this kind of work, and I do not blame them. It's really, really fun. It's, it's fun. Really fun. It's super yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm looking at your star meter. It's up by 53,000. It went from 70,000. It's now on 16,000 on IMDb. You know the star meter? Yeah, the star meter. It's fun. The, the, it's always fun looking at that. It's always a bummer when you, if you look yourself up and then your star meter is bright red and it's like on the <laughs> slope and that, and even just because like, and you're just like, shit, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to see this red star meter. <laughs> it's very rare that your star meter is, you know, up and, and green. Yeah. So whenever it's green, sometimes when I'm sitting on the couch, I'll just look at a green star meter and be like, all right, Aaron, I'm going to go get a sandwich, you know? So do you think this is your biggest role yet? In terms of reach? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In terms of reach, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, because Primal is like, Primal is also kind of a worldwide thing because there's no, yeah. 
there's no dialogue. So you don't have to, um, yeah, you don't have to, uh, it, it can go into any country and people can watch. So I think there's a reach for that, but that still is, that is for hardcore animation fans for sure. And it's for anybody, anybody that watches it. It's an amazing piece of art, but I think that it's, uh, it's not as uh, the, the fans of that are not, maybe not as, as, uh, you don't engage with that like you engage with a game. I mean, I think that's the truth is that you don't engage. You, you just, you watch it and it's meaningful to you. And, you know, I can't say enough about primal. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of kissing everybody's ass. Oh, but I'm going to watch it, it now. You've convinced me. I, I haven't watched I mean, it, but I I'm will. telling you, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And the one thing that's so super exciting about it is that it's like a light, it's like a lightning rod of inspiration for young artists, young animators. I mean, I can't, I can't, I mean, maybe I'm having some <clears throat> flowery thinking, but I just think that 20 years from now, there is going to be some um, young man or young woman who is making a car- like an amazing cartoon and somebody's going to ask them, so what are some of your influences? And Primal is going to be one of them. And it, that's really cool to think of. Same thing with, I mean, it's funny. There's a story. I'm sorry, I'm a talker, but I got to tell you the story. Mate, I love it. Keep going. I was, uh, it was the day after the release. It was, it was uh, Saturday and I was sitting at home. My girlfriend was out of town and she actually called me up uh, and it was about 10 in the morning. And she goes, hi, honey. I just, I, I, I think uh, there's something you want to know. I'm like, oh, okay, girl, what is it? And she said, well, my ex-boyfriend from college called. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, no, no, it's, he called me because his son is playing Resident Evil Village and he's obsessed with it. And he's obsessed with the Duke. And he was convinced that um, that Jack Black did the voice of the Duke. <laughs> and so I looked it up. I was like, you know, I don't think it's Jack Black. I think it. So he looked it up. He saw my picture. And then he was like, I recognize that guy. Who is that guy? And then suddenly it hit him that he had seen photos of me on her Instagram. So he called <laughs> her up and said like, oh, my gosh, my son loves it, whatever. So then she called me up and... Uh, said that the kid loved it. And so I said, well, what is, what's his name? I'll do the voice and I'll say his name. And his name's Ben. And so I was like, I've been waiting for you, Ben. Anyone who's anyone has heard of the likes of you. And like did this little video for him, sent it to the kid. And then of course they send a picture back and the kid's sitting there with his controller and the Duke is on the screen and he's super stoked. And I said, how old is that kid? And she's like, I think he's about eight years old. And I was like, <laughs> eight years old. <laughs> And his dad is, oh, wow. is, is doing a good job. <laughs> that, <laughs> Get that him in early. Me. Yeah, uh, that, well, yeah, that happens to me by philosophy. Anytime, if you, if anytime a kid can get um, excited about horror stuff, horror movies and horror TV shows, you're basically providing them with a lifetime's worth of enjoyment, enthusiasm, and camaraderie. Because the horror fans are the best kind of fans. The horror fans are the ones that are, you go to conventions and you dress up like the characters. I mean, the level of enthusiasm is you can't, any asshole that calls them all nerds and stuff like, yeah, maybe they are, whatever, we're all nerds. I'm a fucking nerd. Of course I am. But those people are enjoying their life way more than you are, I guarantee you, if, if you're somebody that poo-poos that kind of stuff, you know? So to get a kid involved with horror, and if he has some nightmares, fucking just tell him it's not real, whatever, he'll get over it. But I, yeah, I think, uh, so what I'm basically saying is anybody out there that has any age kid that wants to play this game, just let him play. What's the earliest? What's the um, earliest you'd go? Well, how, I don't know. I mean, the ergonomics of a PlayStation controller, (laughs) 
Could a four-year-old hold it? Because, yeah, maybe four, maybe five. Who knows? I mean, God knows I'll tell you one thing. Growing up, uh, my dad is the one that uh, – my dad, and then he transferred his love of horror to my brother. My older brother, Ryan, is um, – he's uh, about three years older than me. And it's not like he was ever like, you know, here, I'll, I'll watch this movie, watch that movie. But I looked up to him in such a way that I was really lucky that he had really good taste. So he would watch a horrific movie and kind of leave it around. And then if I was brave enough, maybe I would watch it. And then when I moved down here, I started to get way more into it because I just was kind of still wanted to be connected to that. And I feel like, you know, it's like a family who's who's really into football. You watch your dad watching football and he's like super stoked or whatever. And so then suddenly you become a football fan. Well, I was watching my dad watch The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And then I became a, a horror fan, you know. Is that your favorite? Mine, mine I just watched Alien again mm. the other day. I mean, that is just a masterpiece of a film. Alien. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think out of the out of the universal monster canon, it's I think it's the creature, but but one of my other favorites is uh, the invisible man. And the reason the original why is, or the new one? The original well, the new one's amazing, but mm. the original, just seeing all of that kind of DIY special effects that they did in camera. And also, it's a voiceover performance. Claude Rains isn't even in the movie. He's in it the last couple minutes of the movie, but the whole thing is a voiceover performance, and I think that's why I appreciate it so much. I didn't know that. Thank you for that cool information. Yeah, um, well, I'm full of them, Dan. I'll give you a couple more. It's been an absolute pleasure, though, mate. We've had about yeah. 100,000 people stop by. Would you believe that? That's so amazing. Well, I, I, I sincerely appreciate that, and I'm I'm just I don't know I don't have the words. Any any other character you'd like to play? If you could get your pick of anyone, let's say Batman or any anyone, who would yeah, you go with? I, yeah, I have to say that there is something about there is something about in in the Batman canon to be able to do a, a Batman villain. I don't know. I mean, if to take on the Joker would be a would be really hardcore. I don't even just the thought of it actually gives me goosebumps. I don't even know if I could do it just because of. The pressure or? Yeah, pressure. Yeah, it just terrifies me. But I mean, like, but that, I mean, something like that. Because there's, I think also, too, there's a, uh, I would love to play a character that I grew up watching and be able to kind of like, you know, do that legacy character. So like a, a, yeah, like a a superhero, but more so probably a villain, some kind of a villain in, uh, uh, sorry, I'm not really giving you that great of an answer, but I, some kind of a, some kind of a, some kind a of a penguin or a Mr. Freeze or a Joker. Yeah, or like a, or like a Transformer. I just auditioned for, a, I would love to be a Transformer because I love the Transformers growing up. So I think to be able to kind of like do one of those legacy characters where you can sort of introduce these characters to a new audience and then also um, the people that loved it when they, when they were kids, they can kind of share it with their kids. I mean, I think I like that. I think that would be really cool to be able to do. Dylan reckons you'd be a great Clayface. Absolutely. I would love to do Clayface. I'd love to do the Killer Croc. You know, some of these big um, Bane. I would love to try to do Bane. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, what I, mean? Like, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of but there's a lot of amazing people that have done Bane and continue to do Bane. So they don't really need me to do that. But yeah, I mean, some kind of some kind of a villain. I, I mean, mm. heroes are cool. Uh, and Batman is kind of an anti-hero. So, of course, I would love to to, to try to to do that. But um Something in the Ninja Turtle. I mean, I'd I I'd I'd love to do Krang. Um, I'd love to do like a Cobra Commander type character, I think, you know, something like that. Something with just a wild voice. Something that where when somebody's hearing my voice now, 
they cannot believe that that voice came out of me. I want to be able to do something that's so far away from myself and something that is meaningful to people. That's amazing. In, man. in a fan kind of way, you know. That's amazing. Any upcoming projects you can talk about or anything or your NDA out of your mind? I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really there's stuff. There's stuff going on. There's, there's ongoing stuff going on, but yeah, there's not there. I can't, um, but look, I, at I don't it. even, I guess, I guess what it is. I don't know if I can talk about it, so I'm not going to, cause no, I'll tell no. you one thing. This is the, this, this, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I mean, like I said to you, um, I've been doing this for a long time and this is the first time that anybody's ever been curious about me or about what I think about anything. So I'm, I think that I'm trying to just sort of play it safe. You know what I mean? But, but there 100%. is some stuff coming up and, you know, hopefully there'll be more stuff. I mean, that as much as I'm sort of basking in the fact that so many people love this, I, my eyes are on the next thing, even though I don't know what the next thing is, but I'm just kind of thinking, all right, that's, this is great. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Let's, let's keep let's it keep going. going. Keep the train yeah, moving. Yeah. 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 No, hundred percent, mate. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate. Yeah. It. I hope you've had fun. I've had a blast. Thank you so much. I, admittedly, I was kind of nervous about this, uh, but I and you reading off um, how all the people that have showed up. It's just it's so cool. I feel like a million bucks. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have anything to say to him quickly to the I fans? Don't to, I do. I would just like to say thank you very much from the bottom of my enlarged duke heart thank you for playing the game and beware beware it gets scarier and scarier as you play it <laughs> and can i quickly get can i get duke to say something to dan quickly as sure, well <laughs> mr allen i've been waiting for you mr dan allen anyone who's anyone has heard of the likes of you especially your YouTube channel. It's amazingly entertaining. Good job. <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. I'm going to have to use that in a video now. You know that. Well, yeah, you can you want. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to use that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Well, again, make sure you follow Aaron Guys on Instagram. Um, D-O-O-D-E-R-3. Is that, I've got that Duder right. Three. Yeah, Duder3. Three. D-O-O-D-E-R-3. And follow me now because it might change. Into <laughs> if, voice if you do everything. change it, let me know and I will change it in the in this yeah. video. Yeah. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah, if I figure out the password, I will. Uh, <laughs> and if anybody can help me out with that, uh, I would really appreciate the help. And you should also get on Twitter if you, if you get if um, and cameo. Yeah, that'd I, be cool. Yeah, I yeah the cameo. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm. That's the thing. If anybody's interested in that kind of stuff, uh, autograph. It feels even weird to even say the word autograph. But if anybody's interested in that. I don't really know. I, 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 I'm Sarah's been doing this a lot longer than I have, so she's kind of helping me out. So I think that at some point I'm going to figure out a way to be able to do that, or hopefully I'll get to show up at some of these uh, conventions, and yeah. uh, hopefully we're going to do some panels. Who knows? I don't know, but I, I definitely am interested in that um, engagement with the fans. I just don't know. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so, uh, but I'll learn. Mate, you're as I said before. This is the fastest selling Resi game. In history, three million units already—crazy numbers—and yeah. uh, it's probably going to be the best-selling Resident Evil ever. By the look, it's going to be up there. You know, it's so great. Yeah, I'm so I'm just so thrilled, and I can't. And that's the thing too. I think I can't wait to because these games, you know, obviously people they come out and people jump right on them and they play them in a night. And they, you know, 
but they also have this life like you know when i mean when red dead redemption came out it was like this firestorm and then it just it lasted and it's still going on people are still playing that of course there's the online stuff that you can do but i just love that um the life of these it sort of never dies yeah yeah i'm interested to see where this goes and i'm interested to see and i can't wait till halloween rolls around and see yeah. all the people I just can't oh wait. that's imagine cool. the lady d cosplays then Oof. there's gonna be so many of them <laughs> and I, it's gonna be awesome well mate i'm gonna let you go but it's been an absolute pleasure we'll have to do it again sometime and uh yeah, i really appreciate it mate yeah hopefully uh we'll do it again when i have another uh project coming out but uh and i'm sure you will i just like to say to everybody thank you so so much if you stuck around or even if you just dropped by or even if you're watching this uh weeks from now thank you so much for sticking with us and i hope uh i hope it was entertaining oh it was a blast mate an absolute blast all right thank you so much make sure you follow this man guys and uh, i'll talk to you soon mate take care see you later